Good evening, good morning, guten tag, and welcome to the Alien Gazing Podcast, where we cover a range of UFO and alien topics while featuring music from a variety of shoegaze, grunge gaze, new gaze, and dream pop artists. My name is Nick, I play in the band Saucers Over Washington, and I am once again joined by my good friend and skate buddy Tom Mack, also known on the Instagram as The Daily 180. How the heck are you doing today, Tom? Hey, Nick, I'm doing good. Glad to be back here and discussing aliens and UFOs with you again. How you doing? I am, you know, I'm excellent. I cannot complain. It's a, as you mentioned before, it's a nice and cloudy day, so mm. it doesn't get as hot in the studio, thankfully. Uh, so I am feeling ready to rock. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, it could be like 45 degrees out, which if you're not from Florida, that is like the extreme side of winter. And I'll still be schwitzing, like, uh, <laughs> dude, same, same. It, it's just that Florida, like humidity, uh-huh. you know, like I've been in Las Vegas and I don't sweat like I do when I'm here, you right. know, like it's the dry heat versus the wet heat. Yeah. I like that interpretation better. Cause I was thinking, well, it's just, I've been in Florida so long that my body's like that. We just sweat. That's just what we do. You're now evolved <laughs> to sweat all the time, but yeah, it feels good right now. Yeah. All right, so on tonight's episode, we will be sifting through a few highlights from the latest onslaught of UFO information being teased out in the media over the past few weeks, most likely in anticipation of the UFO report being generated for Congress later this month. That's June 2021. Afterwards, we will begin the first of a two-part speculative analysis on the topic of this recent disclosure movement. For part one, which will be featured on this episode that you are currently listening to, hi there, Tom and I will dig at the roots of this recent movement for disclosure and try to answer the question, why now, as well as present our predictions for the oncoming UFO report to Congress. Part two will be recorded and posted after the report has been released and will likely focus on the implications of whatever those revelations may be. Now, with all that being said, let's go ahead and check out our first song for tonight's episode. And our first song for tonight's episode is called Resin by the band Phantom Wave.
are you feeling the vibes on that because i'm definitely feeling a nice vibe off of that song that song was called resin by phantom wave and uh the from the band they referred to this song as being about crystallized memories being shaken off by loud vibrations and i really dig that idea that's really cool yeah that's like catharsis you know it's what music is that's one of the greatest things about music especially loud music <laughs> um and yeah actually I- i'm really stoked on this song oh what i love about it is i love the like the uh it's got like it's got a 90s guitar thing kind of going on in it like the uh the guitars are weaving in and out of each other and there's like that fuzzy shoegaze stuff going on in the background too but that and just like the melody of the song it feels like a like a good 90s song you'll have to just take my word for it when i say 90s if you don't know what that means then i can't really help you but (laughs) anyways i love the vibe of the song uh definitely hits me in all the right places and uh, I'm going to share some stuff with you about the band now. Uh, so the band Phantom Wave lives in the difference between propulsive drive and radiant fluidity. Taking inspiration from indie rock, shoegaze, and dream pop, the band focuses on creating dynamic songs with an altered organic feel. And Phantom Wave is based out of Brooklyn, New York, and released their debut LP, Wild, in March 2021. So just earlier this year. And yeah, you can find the band on Instagram, Facebook, and Bandcamp, as well as a YouTube channel that they have where they have posted all their music videos. Uh, but let me go ahead and share, share the handles with you. Uh, on Instagram, they are at Phantom Wave Band, and Phantom is just spelled the normal way, P-H-A-N-T-O-M. Uh, so that's Phantom Wave Band for Instagram. On Facebook, it's at Phantom Wave, uh, sorry, at Phantom Wave NYC. Uh, Phantom Wave NYC, and then Bandcamp, phantomwaveband.bandcamp.com. And like I said, that YouTube channel, they've got a bunch of music videos on there, and they're really freaking cool. So definitely check them out. Otherwise, you can find their music on Spotify and most other places you can find music these days. All right, with that being said, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to the Alien Gazing Podcast, and oh boy, do we have a lot to cover in our first segment of tonight's episode. So let's go ahead and dive right on into UFOs in the News. All right, for our first report on UFOs in the news actually is a breaking report because before uh, we started recording today, Tom found this really interesting article on Reddit concerning a previous document of UFO disclosure. Take it away, Tom. Okay, yeah, so um, doing my nightly routine as I normally do, which is having three screens in my face at one with my phone, my computer, <laughs> and TV, scrolling Reddit, and of course I'm going through the UFO subreddit, and I kept seeing this document that people kept sharing and talking about, so I decided to look into it. And the official title of this is Communication Instructions for Reporting Vital Intelligence Sightings from Airborne and Waterborne Sources. And this is coming from a group or organization um, or some sort of entity within the U.S. government called JANIP. And that stands for Joint Army Navy Air Force Publication. And what's really interesting about this is it's from 1952 and it's revealing that the United States and the Soviet Union were working together confidentially to investigate UFOs. 
um, and they specifically refer to them as Foo Fighters, right? And the report basically mentions how during World War II, there were all these sightings of UFOs by Navy and Air Force pilots. Well, actually, I don't think the Air Force was even around in World War II. No, it was. It absolutely was. was? Okay. Um, But these pilots and uh, other, you know, uh, officials are seeing these UFOs and, you know, they nicknamed them Foo Fighters, specifically in the European and Asian theaters of the war. And then it seemed that after the war, they started being seen a lot more in the United States. Which makes a lot of sense if you think about all the theories with, you know, the fact that America harnessed nuclear power and that seems to be when sightings really started to kick off. So what's really interesting about this report and why people are talking about it right now it's basically saying, well, I'll just read it. It's a short paragraph. It says, as a result, during the Second World War, military and civilian intelligence investigation on the Foo Fighters operation over the European and Far East theaters and verifying the same Foo Fighter UFO subsequent post-war over the continents, United States and the Soviet Union, they are working in the highest confidentiality with their allies, having constrained preventive defense measures to divert the illegal alien intruder and they use that word alien intruder and says identified as not being of earthly origin and so according to the gossip online this is a real document from the government about ufos in which they straight up say they're alien intruders not identified as of earthly origin, which of course is what a lot of people are waiting for in this upcoming report. So I, all the uh, commenters are online are saying, oh, we don't have to wait for disclosure, here it is. And of course, there's all these skeptics as to whether or not this is a real document or not. But uh, right now, it's the hot goss on the UFO subreddit. And uh, just the terminology they're using there is uh, really what's kind of blowing people's minds right now. Terminology, what do you mean by that? Well, just the fact that they say they're alien intruders and not of earthly origin. What I really thought was kind of interesting and funny about this report is it says, in July 1952, President Harry Truman and his chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, someone named General Omar Bradley, as the highest commander of the United States Armed Forces, acted openly and said defense department orders to shoot down ufos which refused to land when ordered to do so and they say that the reason why they're taking this offensive measure on ufos is because of the recent sightings and they specifically cite the instance of the ufos over washington dc and uh, they also make mentions of mysterious disasters and accidents within military forces. So <laughs> that sounds like there was some violent interaction between the government and these UFOs. So when I hear that, I think violent interactions. Hmm. What could the military perceive as violent and so I'm, I'm thinking about specifically the way that UFOs have supposedly shut down nuclear weapons facilities. And especially considering that this is during, so 1952, that's, we're still in the Cold War era at that point, if I'm not mistaken, right? So my, my belief is that perhaps they're choosing to perceive these actions as hostile or violent. Because, you know, to them, the idea of someone shutting down their nuclear weapon systems and not knowing who it is, you know, if it could be Russia, for example, if it was indeed Russia shutting down our nuclear weapon systems just on the fly, that could be seen as violent, especially by 
the U.S. government, who tends to be very protective of our assets and stuff like that. Well, as, as well you should, and it's understandable to do so. So I wonder if that's what they could be referring to, if the validity of the support is to be believed. Yeah, you know, um, you just kind of reminded me or made me put a thought in my head here. 1952, that's like early in the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Like most uh, historians will cite about 1948, 49 as being the beginning when there was discussions about how to divide up Germany. And that's when the Soviet Union, United States started button heads. Because if you don't know your history, they were allies during World War II. They right. fought together and then that kind of fizzled away after the end of the war. So, you know, they mention how their sightings specifically in the USSR and the United States. I wonder if both of these countries were experiencing these sightings and they finally like call each other up and like, hey, is this you? No, I thought it was you. Oh, maybe we should look into this because right. it says that they work together in the highest confidentiality, which how funny is that? Because... Yeah, the Soviets, the Ruskies, right? They were like the big scary <laughs> boogeyman for like fifty years, and here, when it comes to the Foo Fighters, apparently they were working together or at least communicating about them and had some sort of agreement that hey, we don't know what this is, and they're messing with our our uh, our nukes or something. Yeah, it's weird, man. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah, especially um, that it comes back up again. I don't know if this was connected to any of the. Um, so there is a series of documents called the Majestic Documents. I have a copy of it, um, and that that went around in like the seventies. And there are some people who believe that those documents are fake. That's part of a um, disinformation campaign. That's another thing about the UFO um, subject in general is that for anybody who's interested, look up the figure Richard Doty. Uh, he was a person in the CIA who was has admitted to being part of a disinformation campaign regarding UFOs and involved him infiltrating uh, places where people who believe in UFOs gather, like uh, different um, events and stuff like that, um, and trying to gather intel and also provide disinformation campaigns. So I don't know if that's one of the reasons why people are stating their hesitance to believe in this document, but that is an idea out there for sure. Me hearing it, I mean, like, I'm one of those people who, when I hear, even if it is a fake document, there's likely some truth to it. And we were talking about this earlier, too, is if there really was nothing, why the need for a disinformation campaign? Why the need for for these fake documents that look so real as to fool the average person? It almost like puts an even bigger target on the subject, you know, to be like, hey, don't look at here. Look at this thing. It's kind of like the thing you want to see. But wait, wait, wait. But it's similar to the thing that I want to see. Wait, what are you hiding with the thing that I want to see? You know, it's right. just like, you know, just all these layers. Yeah. You know, um, like you said, if there's nothing there, just why not shut up about it? And what's, you know, the thing about these documents, they're all old, you know, I, I, I uh, admittedly kind of had a dumb moment uh, where I was like, hey, you know what? All these documents are always in the same type and the same font. And and then I remember like, oh, yeah, they didn't have computers back there. Everything was on a typewriter. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's funny, too, because when you read some of them, you notice there's a lot of typos. And then you think, right. oh, this can't be real. But then you realize, wait a minute typewriters don't have spell check dude yeah. <laughs> yeah and they don't have backspaces i don't think it's like some of them didn't yeah at least yeah. i don't think that was invented 
or maybe it isn't part of typewriters. Actually, I don't even know. I don't know either. I mean, someone, someone we were out, lucky enough to not have to deal with those. <laughs> someone out there, do a search and email us, uh, softersoverwashington at gmail.com. Let us know, did typewriters have backspaces? <laughs> <laughs> See what we need to do is get on Twitch and have the live uh, stream comment because they'll just be blowing us up already. With I'm sure the countless mistakes I've already made reading this report. But as far as I understand it, that's that's pretty much what this is saying. And you know, uh, to kind of piggyback on that point of disinformation campaigns, I gotta wonder if when people are typing these up, you know, they were supposed to be confidential. Do they think like, okay, well, probably in 40 years time, this is going to be released to the public. So let's make sure we put some disinformation in there. Like, why do that if the idea is that the public will never see this, you know? And Right. That's a great point. I mean, think about that. It's almost like perhaps the disinformation campaign could be a drip, like some people have theorized, a drip feed kind of idea to try and leak little bits of the phenomenon here so that when the quote-unquote truth is revealed again take all this with many grains of salt uh when the quote-unquote truth is revealed then we'll have like this general base of knowledge to which you know people have already been exposed to and it's less the overall quote-unquote truth is less uh intimidating or what have you but dude fascinating thank you so much for for pulling that up and bringing that happened literally today today is monday the 7th of june yes it posted last night sometime uh, so the 6th technically late uh but it's it's really making the rounds today fair enough fair enough but cool so yeah so that was our first uh topic for ufos in the news the next one concerns a video uh this is of a uso which uh for people who aren't familiar is a unidentified submersible object Submersible? Subversible. I can't speak, but you know what I mean. Uh, anyways, unidentified submersible object from the Navy. So the video was leaked by Jeremy Corbell, and the date of the footage is July 15th, 2019, and it was filmed in the Combat Information Center of the USS Omaha off the coast of San Diego at roughly 11 p.m. Pacific time. So basically in this footage, we see a UFO very similar to the Tic Tac UFO. Uh, We see it essentially going down towards the water. And then if you look very carefully, because again, this isn't like some kind of night vision thing. So it's not like super clear. It's very similar to the the Tic Tac UFO. But anyways, when it goes down, you can see an actual splash in the water as it goes in. So it's definitely a physical object going underwater. And also the fact that who released this jeremy corbell Hmm. is kind of interesting so it's like it's uh, a little piece of information that he has makes you wonder what else he's got oh Um, yeah we'll talk about him later in this episode because there's some interesting speculation regarding him that we'll get into but but yeah so tom you saw this video what'd you think of it it was mind-blowing um what i really like about this video which is what i think most people like about is like as you pointed out the splash and uh, if you haven't seen it, there's some narration over it. Not necessarily narration, but there's some commentary is probably a better word. And I don't know who it's from. It didn't sound like Corbell, but it could have been. But whoever's watching this video, they're like, oh, splash, splash, there it is, you know. And it reminded me of the Tic Tac video where we hear the pilots, you know, you can hear their reaction, their honest reaction to it. And uh, whether or not it was military personnel, it, I mean, it's still it's it's the same reaction I felt when I saw. It. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, like you said, this is a physical object, and you know, you can talk forever about 
UFOs and how they work and get into all the theories uh, of how they fly. But um, my personal theory is, you know, they manipulate gravity in some sort of way, which I figured uh, they wouldn't make a splash. Like they would be able to somehow just go in the water without disturbing it at all. Because one of the first things I thought about was the UFO video from Puerto Rico. I believe it was Puerto Rico. Um, where it was flying over a Navy base and it too was diving in the water, but kind of in and out and it didn't seem to show any disturbance of the water. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, I could be wrong about that, but that was what I perceived when I watched it. So I was like, okay, here's, here's one that actually is, you know, causing this disturbance in the water. And man, if they could have shot a tracking device, like in the movies on that (laughs) thing, you know, (laughs) we could, we're this close to finding the underwater base. But yeah, fascinating video. Super fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, it calls for the skeptics out there. It forces you to question, okay, if it's not a UFO or obviously it's it's unidentified currently, but okay, if you're trying to rack your brain for what it could be, okay, what do we know that can fly in the sky and then go underwater? And I can't think of anything until I remembered. And if anybody's seen the wild thornberries, you know what I'm about to say. The Comvi. <laughs> the freaking combi, man. You remember that thing? It could go underwater, it could go on land, it could do like it could literally do like whatever you needed it to do. Yeah, and it had the most bitch and paint job too. It had like yeah. tiger stripes or zebra stripes <laughs> on it. You know, uh that and probably the magic school bus. Magic school bus. <laughs> so it's either it's either aliens or we got a bunch of Nicktoons. Uh, yeah, or, right. <laughs> just actually, I guess Magic School Bus wasn't Nickelodeon, but whatever. We got, yeah, we got the Wild Thornberries and Mrs. Frizzle on the case. Right. Just, <laughs> Still things that are unimaginable in real life, right? And you know what's other uh, something else I thought about is you know now there's distinction between UFO and USO or UAP. Mm. Well, clearly we now know that USOs and UFOs are the same thing. They're just yes. these amazing craft that can pretty much go anywhere. Right. So we might have to come up with a new acronym. <laughs> just unidentified object. They're just UOs now. <laughs> well, it's a USO because it was in the water. Yeah. Well, give it five minutes. It'll be in the air. <laughs> Just give it five minutes. Yeah. It'll be underground here in a second, too. And then <laughs> what would that be? Unidentified terrestrial? Yeah. T- ter- wait, wait. Because something going underwater. Um, tunnel terrestrial, I guess. Yeah, that's what Unidentified I was Unidentified terrestrial object. UTO. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we just go with what you said. Unidentified object. Just yeah, right. <laughs> UTO gets a little close to UTI, and that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome but yeah yeah just incredible footage and it just what, what's cool about it for me the fact that jeremy corbell released it it just it speaks that he's obviously in communication with some people um some people who are high up because this is this was definitely a video from the navy that he had obtained somehow and then put out there so it uh in in fact if you've noticed if you watch the news i mean i'm pretty sure i don't have cable and tom i'm sure he, you probably don't uh, or I, I stream everything. Yeah, right. So I do too. So people who actually have cable, maybe anytime you've ever seen uh, people cover UFOs in the news, often one of the people that they go to for interview is Jeremy Corbell. And it at first I was kind of like, why is Jeremy Corbell in us? He, he wrote, he did the Bob Lazar documentary, but I know that a lot of people in the community um, who are in the government who are you know actively trying to push for ufo disclosure they tend to distance themselves from bob lazar so you know i was kind of curious about it but now it seems 
maybe there's a lot more to what Jeremy Corbell's got to say and what he has to offer uh, the subject than at least I had originally thought. But yeah, so just really, really fascinating. Yeah, you know, the fact that it's diving underwater too, uh, you know, it makes me think of, again, the Tic Tac video, the gimbal video, I believe. And uh, that was the one with David Fravor off the Nimitz, I believe. Yes. Uh, I always get the gimbal video confused with the Go Fast video. But anyway. I get them mixed up too. It's, well, they're, they're kind of similar. so similar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, David Fravor said, Commander Fravor, he said when he first spotted the Tic Tac, it was doing that weird motion over the water and it was causing some whitewash. Right. In fact, I think he said he saw the whitewash first and then realized there was the Tic Tac above it causing that. And, you know, there's the theory's been talked about multiple times, but, you know, they, they always say, hey, if there were aliens here on Earth, where else better to hide than the ocean, which we still vastly haven't explored yet. Right. Um, we know more about space than we know about our own ocean. So, yeah, it's a very right. good point. Yeah, they could very easily be hiding somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh, I think the fact that this thing dove under the water really kind of gives a lot of credence to that theory. What's it doing down there? Fishing or something? Like <laughs> It's looking for Megalodon. That's what's going on. Oh my gosh. That would almost be cooler than the aliens, dude. The Meg? Great movie. You know, I still haven't seen it. And actually, when it came out, I wanted to see it in theater so bad, mm -hmm. but I just never got a chance to. So now that summer, I've been telling Haley, uh, my fiance, that we, we got to like have a day. Yeah. <laughs> just so that you'll be scared of the ocean for the summer and hate every beach trip you go on now. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I actually like I will watch Jaws to go to the beach the next day. Like, yeah. You <laughs> it's know. probably because I got this thing called the shark bands that like helps keep sharks away apparently no but way it gives, yeah well it, it's based off of like magnetic uh so it's like got this really powerful magnet in it and most sharks not all of them like they use magnetism i forget how it works mm -hmm. i'm not a shark guy but like their 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 sense of like direction there's uh a lot of things about the way that they navigate has to do with magnetism so when you have this this uh magnet essentially strapped to your leg it detracts them they 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 get the the frequency and they're like i don't want nothing to do with that oh cool <laughs> yeah uh you know i was at the beach in st pete last weekend and uh with my sisters and brother-in-law and we're walking in the water and brother-in-law's like oh be careful you know it's ray season don't step on a ray i'm thinking of this uso video i'm like that's the least of our words man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might get abducted under here <laughs> Oh, and actually, that's a great transition to uh, the next article for UFOs in the News, which deals with the 60 Minutes interview with Lou Elizondo. And actually, uh, I believe this one goes into David Fravor's experience as well. So, um, so yeah, so good transition point, the stuff. Um, I plan that. <laughs> it was intentionally done. Yeah. I, I, I see you, Tom. I, see I, you I only needed that first episode to become a professional at this now. <laughs> I'm ready. No, you're great. You're excellent. But yeah, so 60 Minutes, there was actually a 60 Minutes a segment on the UFO topic. And this is comes from 60 Minutes, quote, It's the story of the U.S. government's grudging acknowledgement of UAP, more commonly known as UFOs. After decades of public denial, the Pentagon now admits that there's something out there, and the U.S. Senate wants to know what it is. So basically, this is the framing for the uh, the covers that they do. And most of what they cover in, in the CNN, sorry, CNN, the 60 Minutes video um, 
CNN video we'll get to later, but most of what they cover in the 60 Minutes video is stuff that we've already learned before, but I will go ahead and cover a couple of interesting tidbits here and there, and then we can go ahead and talk about them. So the bulk of this 60 Minutes interview is with Lou Elizondo, uh, then it eventually goes to David Fravor, and then Marco Rubio. Uh, so in regards to Elizondo, one of the things being asked was, the interviewer asks, so you're telling me that UFOs are real? And this is Elizondo's response. He says, I think we're beyond that already. The government has stated for the record that they're real. I'm not telling you that. The U.S. government is telling you that. Right. So I picked this quote because, you know, you can tell that he's just like, he's so far beyond this. You know, it's almost like he's frustrated, you know, and honestly, like, one of the things that I had issues when I listened to this interview, we'll, I'll do some more quotes and stuff, but the interviewer, he just kind of struck me as like kind of silly, you know, like at one point he refers to the phenomenon, you know, he's like, oh, you know, this is kind of wacky, yeah. right? And I'm yeah. just like, wacky, dude. The UFOs are real. Get over it. Like, you're doing a whole piece on it, and you're a respected news source for, like, what? 60 Minutes has been on TV for, like, decades. Yeah. So what does that say about you, Mr. Reporter? You're taking the time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why don't, why don't you ask that question to the people who, like, are telling you to do a report on this, you know? like Right. Obviously, I'm saying this with a little, little bit of jest here. Obviously, this is a very big thing, and it, it can be very difficult for people to get their heads around it. And I, and I totally respect everybody who's coming at it with you know, who's coming at it from that more skeptical place. But at the same time, when when we have the US government admitting that UFOs are real, at this point, if you're if you're saying that, that they're not, you're a denier. You're denying it. Right. You know, so at, at that point you're kind of it in the disadvantaged place. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, same thing here. I mean, when you consider the average viewer of 60 Minutes, like, they might not be paying attention to this. And, you know, True. the reporter might need to, you know, oh, give yeah. them a little preface like, hey, yeah, for our viewers, this is probably pretty far out. You, you know? know what? You're probably right. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a yeah. good point. And actually, it's it's kind of interesting, too, because, like I said, a lot of this stuff just rehashes stuff that we already know. Right. So, like, for example, if you've read the 2017 original New York Times interview, you've already read about all this stuff. Right. You've you, seen the 60 Minutes thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All, all they do is they just give it to you in a visual representation, which helps people to get it more mm. but anyway some of the other stuff they do they um they rehash uh lou elizondo's involvement in a tip uh which involved him collecting data on uap in that organization it was a 22 million dollar program advanced aerial threat identification program yeah 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 look at that i, I know i didn't even have to read that <laughs> <laughs> no i could tell i could tell you got it it's in your back pocket heck yeah <laughs> Um, Elizondo continues to press on and emphasize the reality of the phenomenon, which I think is significant. And uh, we still get an emphasis on national security, which is what Elizondo was chiefly concerned with. He says, quote, imagine a technology that can do six to 700 G forces that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour that can evade radar and that can fly through air and water and possibly space. Oh, and by the way, has no obvious sign of propulsions, no wings, no control services, and yet can still defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. End quote. Um, and then he goes on to say, and I'll quote again, we're doing our due diligence. 
Is it some sort of new type of cruise missile technology that China has developed? Is it some sort of high-altitude balloon that is conducting reconnaissance? Ultimately, when you have exhausted all those what-ifs, you're still left with the fact that this is in our airspace and it's real. And that's when it becomes compelling and that's when it becomes problematic. And then it moves from, from here to former Navy pilot Lieutenant Ryan Graves in a 2019 photo uh, that he has of a UFO. And this is, I'll remind our viewers, the same photo that came from the cube-shaped UFO story that we covered earlier this year. To get more information on that, just Google cube-shaped UFO and you'll find it. And what's significant about Ryan Graves' testimony is he, he casually says that, that he saw UFOs every day for at least a couple years. Let me repeat that. He saw UFOs every day for at least a couple of years, which is just like, what? How do you live with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy spent years being like, oh, there's another one. Yeah, right? Just oh, like... man. Keeping that to yourself? I, I don't know how you do that. I guess with the threat of government uh, destroying your life. I get, helps. <laughs> I, I get excited when I see like a red shouldered hawk every once in a while. You're seeing UFOs every single day. <laughs> yeah. And he was so nonchalant about it. He's like, yep, yeah, I see him every day. He's, he's completely desensitized to it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, what what do you eat for breakfast this morning? It's just like so right, plain. Right. And uh, I always want to go back to this frustration I have with this theory of like, well, we can't have disclosure because it'll call, cause chaos or whatever. And it's just like, that's such BS, man. Like, this guy sees him every day. He's obviously fine. I think the world's ready, you know, for disclosure if that's the case. And uh, this whole theory of causing chaos around the world, I, I just don't buy into it. You know, here's a guy who sees him every day or did see him every day for a couple of years and... He's not crazy. He's living his life. Well-respected person. Interviewed on 60 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing something right. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I tend to agree with you, but at the same time, I do think that there there would be a sizable faction of the population who would have taken issue with it because some sizable faction of the population always takes issue with something. I mean, true. you know, they go on further to uh, regale the uh, Southern California Nimitz UFO. Uh, with Commander Fravor. This time we also have testimony from Alex Dietrich, who was another pilot involved in this incident. Uh, like Wade mentioned before, a lot of this stuff has already been covered before, so we don't necessarily need to go all into it, um, but I will cover this interesting little tidbit. The interviewer asks, in regards to what the phenomenon is, he asks, quote, from what I hear you guys saying, there's something. Alex Dietrich responds, yes. David Fravor responds, quote, oh, there's definitely something. I don't know who's building it, who's got the technology, who's got the brains, but there's something out there that was better than our airplane. And then after that, we get um, an explanation as to the origins of the recent resurgence in interest in the UFO phenomenon at the government level. Again, this has also been covered before, but we'll just lightly touch on it. Basically, Lou Elizondo uses the Nimitz encounter to warrant further study into the UFO phenomenon through ATIP, but what he was able to provide, which included information that was, quote, backed up on electrical optical data, like gun camera footage and the radar data, end quote, was ultimately unsuccessful in its attempt to draw further attention, study, and funding. This prompted him to quit and get those three videos declassified, which included the Tic Tac video. And that's where we have Christopher Mellon entering the equation. 
Christopher Mellon, who worked with the Department of Defense, tried to elevate this issue in the Department of Defense on behalf of Luis Elizondo. And he says, regarding the phenomenon, quote, it's not us. That's one thing we know. I can say that with very high degree of confidence, in part because of the positions I held within the department, and I know the process, end quote. And then he became concerned that nothing was being done about UAPs, and then he leaked Elizondo's videos to the New York Times, and that's how he got that original video. And then the end of the 60 Minutes interview just deals with uh, Marco Rubio, and the reason Marco Rubio is included, I'm assuming it's just because he is an example of one senator who is being outspoken about this. And so he gets asked the question, what do you want us to do about this? And he responds, quote, I want us to take it seriously and have a process to take it seriously. I want us to have a process to analyze the data. Uh, he also says, quote, and I don't think we can allow the stigma to keep us from having an answer to a very fundamental question, end quote. And that's pretty much the end of the 60 Minutes interview. So, uh, so Tom, your, your thoughts on this interview? Well, I'm really thankful that 60 Minutes decided to do this because obviously there's producers and people involved who get to, you know, approve and sign off on whatever topics that they're going to cover. Um, so I think, you know, like Marco Rubio said, we can't let the stigma keep us from investigating it. And I think the fact that they aired this segment with a lot of credible people giving basically the... New York Times article in, in a much more digestible format, mm -hmm. um, I think will help to do that. So I was I was really glad for that. You know, if you're like Nick and I, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. You probably already soaked in all this information. <laughs> so it was a little disappointing because I was like expecting to hear some new information. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, okay, it's everything I already know. But like I said, at least now more ears and eyes are tuned into this and hopefully that'll help get rid of this stigma um and my family won't look at me so weird when i'm like hey <laughs> you guys seen these aliens <laughs> <laughs> no i think that, that that's a great and excellent point yeah it's, um sometimes it, especially when you are as you know into the phenomenon as both tom and myself are uh you can forget how how much of a an uphill battle it is just to kind of like be okay with the fact that at the very least there's something going on that is not currently within our realm of accepted knowledge so so yeah so i agree with you i'm very grateful that this came out even though we didn't learn any new things from it ultimately what it does is it does help the average person to help them get grounded in the reality that this in fact is a legitimate and real phenomenon exactly so, yeah and then after this, uh, we have a another, again, there's so much stuff here, man. It's awesome. Dude, June's been crazy. Yeah, or like, May, May and June, right. just like between like the past two months. Just... We've gotten more information in these past two months than I think has ever come out since this phenomenon has really been started to... Back to 1947. I mean, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah sincerely. It's really amazing. You know, it's like 1947 happens and we like move so incrementally. And now it's like we're we've moved leaps and bounds from where we were. Yeah. You know, even it, whatever this disclosure is going to be, this report coming out uh, to the Senate, no matter what it says, the fact that all this is happening right now, it's still like monumental. Like we have these people saying, I mean, even to the president, which will form a president we'll get to in a minute. I'm um, saying like, these are real. They're in our airspace. We don't know what they are. 
I mean, just that simple fact, which is a fact at this point, is monumental. Right. And that actually is a great segment to the next topic, which <laughs> is the uh, on the, the Late Late Show with James Corden, uh, we had Reggie Watts asking Obama about damn aliens. And <laughs> I think and, he said it just like that, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. Love Reggie. And, uh, and this is how Obama responded. And actually, I'm going to read the first part of the quote, and then we want, I want to talk about it, and then I'll read the last part of the quote. The first part of the quote is just really quick, but the first part of the quote, Obama says, when it comes to aliens, there's some things I just can't tell you on air, end quote. Let's just talk about that for a second. He says, when it comes to aliens, he doesn't say when it comes to UFOs. He says when it comes to aliens. And I say that slow and I'm not trying to be like condescending. I'm just like trying to like just put out there like he said the word aliens. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> My ears definitely perked when he said that because of that, you know, because right. we have pictures and footage and people who are credible saying you know we see these objects right no one said anything about aliens right it's just kind of assumed well if we don't know what this technology is and it seems to you know um defy what we know about physics then it's probably not from earth but but they never say alien they're always very careful to never say that they're very careful to never say it like super careful (laughs) <laughs> right right and old barry slips up here yeah. or maybe he did it maybe he did it on purpose but he was being pretty coy so i i think he kind of slipped there yeah i kind of think so too and you know it, this isn't the first time um there was even there was a really sweet interview uh that that he did on a show uh i can't remember what the context of it was but i i believe it was and please correct me if i'm wrong and you listeners out there confirm uh, what I'm saying. I take it with a grain of salt otherwise, but I believe there's an interview with Will Smith where Will Smith was talking about this experience he had with Obama where he went to visit the White House and his son was with him. And when his son saw Obama, he had a question, but he was nervous about it. And Obama comes down to his level and says, do you want to know about the aliens or whatever? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, look it up. Will Smith, Obama uh, interview with uh, Will Smith's kid or something, some variation of that. But, right. And then also he went on, uh, went on air and talked about uh, UA, uh, UFOs before. I can't remember the content of that, of that, um, of that interview but he has talked about it before so so yeah the fact that he says aliens man like that that just seems like either a slip intentional or unintentional right um and again speaks to like okay now they're saying now we have someone from the government the ex-president of the united states saying there's some things i can't tell you about aliens on air right so (laughs) there's already the fact that he says the word aliens right And then he says, there's some things I can't tell you. And, you know, like we were discussing earlier, well, if there are any aliens, just say no. Like, right. If there's some things you can't tell me, that suggests to me that there are (laughs) aliens. You've got information on it. And for some reason, I'm not allowed to know. Exactly. Exactly. Because why would you just say there's no aliens? Right, right. Why would you even (laughs) put that out there as an idea? Again, even if it's because some people could say like, oh, well, maybe he just slipped up or whatever. Mm. Or other people might say, oh, it's part of a disinformation campaign. They don't want you to think about the Russians and the Chinese. But it's like, uh, 
again with the disinformation stuff, you didn't have to say aliens. Right. You could have said just UFOs. Right. You know, because again, if it deals with national security, obviously, and we'll get into that in the New the next New York Times article that we have in here. But yeah, it just it doesn't make sense to put that verbiage out there. Right. And, and you got to think, I mean, anytime anybody, you know, in the government goes on the one of these shows, I can't speak for how it goes down every single time, but you, everyone knows to some degree how it goes. You have an advisor who's telling you certain subjects you can talk about, what you can't talk about, um, general script of like what, you know, you might be expected to, to discuss or what have you. So I kind of think that maybe if it was a slip that it might've been intentional. That's my personal read on it. Yeah. You know, um, like you said, there's just some things I can't tell you, you know, that's basically the same thing as just outright denying it. You know, like even if it was a lie, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument that Obama and the government knows that there are extraterrestrials and, um, you know, whatever they know about them, they just know that they exist or something. If you couldn't tell us, you could also just say they aren't there and you'd be lying. But what's the difference? You're still not giving any information. Right. So. Right. So, yeah, my I agree with you. My personal take on it is that he probably accidentally used the word aliens or purposely. But um, either way, he said aliens, which tells me that there probably are. He knows about them or they exist in some way. And uh, the fact he said there's some things I can't tell you, this is as close to him being able to say, yes, they're here. Right. Without, without, without saying, saying it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So let's go on to the rest of what he had to say. He goes on to say, quote, the truth is, is that when I came into office, I asked, is there a lab somewhere where we're keeping the uh, alien specimens and spaceships? And, you know, they did a little bit of research. And the answer was, quote, no. But what is true, and I'm actually being serious here, is that there are uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain them, how they move, their trajectory. They did not have uh, an easily explainable path. And so I think that people still take seriously trying to figure out and investigate what that is, but I have nothing to report here today. So in regards to this, I think we talked about the probably the most important and fascinating aspect of what he said, which is the alien bit. Everything else is pretty much stuff that we know. But it is interesting that he does admit that he himself was interested in this topic and he himself did try to gain information much in the same way that Bill Clinton did in the 90s. Right. And they always say the same thing. They're always like, oh, the answer was no. And um, I tend to believe them. I do think that they probably did ask this question and they probably were told no. I don't believe that the president is the most powerful person in the United States. Probably not. No, no, I I don't think so either. And Um, there's people who check the information that he gets or she hopefully one day. Yes, hopefully one day. Yeah, (laughs) but no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and we're going to get into this, like I said, in our speculation section uh, regarding, you know, why now and all that kind of stuff but you know there are implications here that seem to indicate that there is higher clearance government areas that just are inaccessible to the average person working in the government i think in one of the previous episodes i tried to make the distinction between when people say like you know the government is doing this or doing that it's like you have to kind of make a distinction there's the government which is like, you know, the Republicans, the Democrats, mm-hmm. senators, representatives, et cetera. 
you know, and then there's like people who are in like the CIA and other more covert aspects of our government. And it's like we as the lay people, we really don't know what goes all on in there. I mean, obviously, we've got some stuff about the history, yeah. you know, but we always find that stuff out well after the fact. Right. You know, like the CIA in Guatemala, for example. Right. Like, you know, we, we don't we didn't learn about that when it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was happening, it's if, if anybody was talking about it, it was like, oh, it's conspiracy theory. You know? Right. But at the very least, uh, the fact that he did try to actually get that information, that itself is very interesting and telling you know that this is a a legitimate figure who's also interested and is also looking for answers right and you know he kind of says the same thing that was kind of put out in the 60 minutes piece where they say like these these things are here but we don't know what they are right and uh, specifically no signs of propulsion so it's either going to be a living creature of some kind some biological entity that can somehow fly but it doesn't have wings and we don't really figure out how it does it or it's a craft and either way it's something new to us you know it's either a biological entity that is unknown on earth or it's a craft that is unknown to any government at least that's talking about it you know and it would be assumed that even if it's not being consciously controlled with a being or someone or something inside it, that if it is remote, you know, like a drone or something, that someone or something is probably controlling it locally. Because I've heard that before, too, that maybe they're from another planet, but yet it's like a probe type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I know that we can do some pretty cool things with probes for a planet that's like, you know, like Mars, a couple of planets yeah, the rovers away. there right now flying drones and stuff. Right, right. But, I mean, the idea that something could bring a ufo or object across like interstellar travel and and have control over it i mean it's not inconceivable i don't think that's inconceivable but i think it's it's impractical Mm -hmm. i would think i I don't know obviously Mm -hmm. but but i would think that if it was remote controlled that it would be remote controlled from a much closer location than somewhere like way out in the far reaches of space right you know, the cool thing about this is it's, let's just say, um, you know, it, it comes to light that this is a craft that was built by another country. Like, let's just say it's something China developed. It would still be mind-blowing because it's still yeah. defying everything we know about flight and physics. And right. It, it, like, no matter what the answer is, it's going to change things. Um, so I would love for it to be extraterrestrials and we finally realize we're not alone in the universe, but no matter what the answer is, it's going to be fantastic. At the very least, it, it represents a huge leap in physics. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. And then now we have the CNN interview with Lou Elizondo and, Pretty much, there's some stuff that is has been covered before, but I'm just going to go ahead and just read a couple of interesting quotes. So, to the question in this interview, what do you think this report is going to say? Luella Elizondo responds, Well, I hope the report provides Congress what it asks for and, frankly, what it deserves, and that is my current assessment of the situation. My only fear is that 180 days is really not sufficient enough time to provide a comprehensive report. End quote. Uh, the interviewer then asks, so this report won't be comprehensive then? And Elizondo responds, well, I think it's going to be a start. And then he kind of goes into how he hopes that there's going to be a more long-term 
plan for you know addressing these things in the future a uh, way to kind of like study it but ultimately he, he doesn't really think that this is going to be as comprehensive as we might want but maybe it's a step in the right direction and the interviewer asks well what did you see that the rest of us don't know about and that's where uh, he talks about he says quote so in essence between the optical data gun camera footage and radar quote in essence you've got three distinct collection sources that are all providing the same information at the same time at the same place under the same circumstances and all really validating what the pilots are seeing so it's really compelling and at this point we know it's real and let's just talk about that for a second so again covering some of the same stuff but he's just keeps hammering away with the same point it's real it's real we have evidence it's real and yeah so when i hear this i just hear exactly what we were talking about earlier with the 60 minutes stuff it's it's kind of like holding people for anybody who is still skeptical kind of holding their hand and just assuring them or reassuring them this is real Mm -hmm. you may have difficult feelings about it but it doesn't change the fact that this is a real and legitimate phenomenon and we're not getting anywhere pretending it's not real so it's time to to take the mask off so to speak you know and just look this thing dead in the eyes Mm -hmm. yeah what do you think tom yeah i um you know it seems to me that the reason why certain people within the government are saying hey it's time to take this seriously is because you know the fact that these things are buzzing our you know battleships and and military bases and they're saying like no matter what these are things that are in our airspace and if we can't identify them you know we don't know if they're a threat i personally don't think they're a threat otherwise i think we would have had evidence to that by now right um there doesn't at least nothing that's declassified says that they are um but that seems to be the argument is like we need to know what these are for our own security for our airspace which i think is a stupid reason i think the better reason is to say hey this is something like we said earlier could totally change and and push the evolution of humans to a whole new level of consciousness and that's what's really important and the reason why we should figure out what they are you saying that not to interrupt your thought but you saying that makes me think well if that's the case how do you get congress to get on board with it and so i think that whether or not maybe 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 for all we know maybe lou elizondo is on the same page as we are in the same in the sense of like we need to expose this groundbreaking reality Mm -hmm. you know we need to bring this to light but using that as like your your ideal for getting this information out there might not be good enough for like Congress or, or what have you. Right. And so giving it a focus, you know, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, too, because uh, it, it I have my own personal feelings about why disclosure now. But we'll we'll save that for for the later discussion. Um, for now, let's uh, let's finish with this last thing that uh, that Lou Elizondo says in this interview. And this is in response to the question, what do you think it is? And Luce uh, responds by saying, quote, to be completely honest, it's too early for us to make any type of conclusion right now. We're still in the phase of data collecting and analyzing. I think all options have to remain on the table until, frankly, they're no longer on the table, end quote. So, so yeah, so the fact that he says, I think all options need to be left on the table, 
They always stop short of trying to say that this could be related to extraterrestrial phenomenon. And I think when they say that all options are on the table, that's what they're talking about. That's what I think. That's my right. view of it. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, they are trying to protect their credibility, too. You can't just go out and say, oh, they're aliens or extraterrestrial, you know, even if that's what Lou might think, because he's trying to approach this scientifically, which I appreciate, you know, because that's how you got to approach everything. It's like, OK, well, let's rule out all other possibilities. So I commend him on that answer. Totally. I would love for him to say, <laughs> you know, what he really thinks. He's like, it's too early. It's like, well, come on, man. You got a theory, though. I know you got a theory. <laughs> That's really what we're asking. What's your theory? Right. Well, right. it's too early. All the options. Ah, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I do appreciate that response. You know, let's let's take it seriously. Let's approach it, approach it scientifically. Let's uh, observe and experiment. And then when we can throw out all our other options and we come down to one conclusive answer. Right. And, you know, it, it's uh, one of the things that we'll get into. Actually, you know what? I'll save it because it goes into one of the next articles that we're going to cover. You need me to do a transition, dude? What are we going to? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say uh, the next article is one that that uh, that you covered, Tom, the Washington Post, the Democrats and Republicans are both really interested in exposing disclosure or bringing disclosure out there. Yeah, this was a great article because it basically is, as you know, the title implies, it's basically just saying, look, there's bipartisanship over this. It's not. And, you know, America's politics are very partisan. This very. is something <laughs> where both parties are uh, have an interest in. The title is Close Encounters, Democrats and Republicans Unified in Taking UFOs Seriously. And there was just so much information packed in here that I thought was really interesting. Um, one of the first things I noted was a quote from a former CIA director. Uh, this guy was Director R. James Woolsey, I think is how you say his name. He was the CIA director from 93 to 95. So that would have been the Clinton years. Um, before that, he was Secretary of the Navy in the 70s and 80s. Um, and he was also part of peace negotiations with the Soviet Union in the 80s. So he was uh, one of the guys who helped kind of close the book on the Cold War. But he says, something is going on that is surprising to a series of intelligent aircraft experienced pilots, which kind of goes back to some of the people who were interviewed in the 60 Minutes piece. But, you know, just pointing out that he was under Clinton's administration, uh, he apparently didn't really have much of a relationship with him. But what I thought was really interesting about this article is during the 2016 election, both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump had this push for disclosure. I remember that. I remember uh, that was a big thing that Hillary went on like a couple of shows and talked about. She, right. That she was like she was for disclosure exactly yeah she she said in 2015 that that was going to be one of the things she would push for is an investigation into the ufo phenomenon and this report that we're waiting on any day now was something that was put in the last budget that was approved under the trump administration so when i read that i was like whoa disclosure no matter how that election would have played out this report probably would have come out no matter what Oh, definitely. Yeah. Which kind of blows my mind because I'm like, wait a minute, man. I don't want to believe these theories of like planned disclosure or whatever, you know. That Oh, oh. Well, to be fair, though, and we're going to get into this in the next section, the, the origins of this kind of go back to 
back to Tom DeLonge, actually, too. And right. that was one of the things that during the 2016, the WikiLeaks, is we found out that Tom DeLonge was in discussions and talks with John Podesta. Yeah. Was it WikiLeaks? There was a bunch of leaks that year. I think it was part of the WikiLeaks one. So yeah, we'll we'll cover it. We'll cover that aspect of it in our next segment. But the fact that, I mean, what was it? The situation with uh, Ronald Reagan, where he did that speech, right? Where he said something along. I can't remember the exact quote, but relatively, he was saying that if there was an alien threat out there, how all the nations would come together to try and fight that alien threat and why we should break down the barriers that that separate us and try to be a one united people of the planet um and it's so it's kind of interesting that whether or not you know we get disclosure about aliens specifically the fact that you know democrats and republicans are united on a one thing i mean that that's a really good thing to hear because there's so much animosity like you said there's our politics right now are you know they have been pretty volatile for the past like couple of years so hearing this definitely is a is a nice little beacon of light to hear totally you know um one thing that was included in this article was some statistics from a 2019 gallup poll and a 2021 poll from cbs and as far as the gallup poll goes from 2019 it said that 33% of Americans say UFOs are alien craft. Of that 33%, it's split equally between Democrats, Republicans, and independents. Now, 60% say that they can be explained by human activity or natural phenomenon, but 68% of Americans say that the government knows, about, knows more about UFOs than what they say. So even though there's a majority of people who are still kind of dismissive about the idea of them being extraterrestrial, the majority of Americans within that entire percentage of people polled says, well, the government knows about more about them than what they're telling us. So whether they are extraterrestrial or their human activity or the result of human activity, the government's being secretive about it for whoever knows what. And we're and we're all pretty united on that that front, and that's kind of cool too. Exactly, seeing that as well. Right. At the very least, even if even if um, someone is disagrees with it being aliens and jumping, not not willing to jump on in that boat, at the very least, we can say, well, the government probably knows a lot more than what we can discuss anyway, and we can kind of ride that wave of um, of mutual agreement. Right. And um, most of these people say too that there should be disclosure, at least some more information about it. So I thought that was really fascinating. And, you know, going back to that Ronald Reagan quote, I think he's totally right about that. I think if there was some sort of evidence that we aren't alone in the universe, that people in general from all different countries would be more united as one, you know, species. I don't think it has to be a threat. Right. <laughs> I, I was just about to say, yeah, it doesn't have to be a threat. Yeah. It could just be like, hey, we're here too. And then be like, oh, well, this whole border dispute seems kind of stupid now, you know? Right. We're a, we're a planet with our own species and, you know, we've got our own stuff. You know, it's like now we're part of a larger community. You right. Know? And that, that's, a, that's a cool thought. That, I mean, that, totally. that's... That's one of the things that that I I love most when I look into like the Stephen Greer stuff is this idea that we can possibly communicate with these with these beings and establish some sort of like communication, which, again, please take that with so many grains of salt. It's definitely out there, you know, and potentially woo woo territory. But 
at the very least, it, it's a very entertaining and interesting idea out there. And we will do a Stephen Greer episode at some point. We yeah. will, for sure. It, it's necessary. And now that leads us to our final segment for ufos in the news and that is the article released by the new york times a couple of days ago from today um and this one was kind of confusing because a lot of people saw this and they thought this is the report oh my gosh this is it oh what we didn't learn anything you had to read the whole article <laughs> to realize <laughs> Not just the headlines right guys and to be fair a lot of people would it's understandable because this is the headline the headline reads U.S. finds no evidence of alien technology in flying objects, but can't rule it out either. Which they wrote that to sound like it was the report, right? Exactly. Like here's what the U.S. has found. No, in fact, that wasn't even a report. There was no report. Right. Basically, someone had access to a classified document that mm-hmm. deals with some of the stuff in the report, but it didn't have all the information of it. Right. That report is still ongoing. So let me just. For, for clarity's sake, let me just frame this article as as such. This article essentially is a quote-unquote preview of what we can expect in the report to Congress, which is scheduled to be released June 25th. So again, this report or this, this article is not that report. So that report is coming out around June 25th. I say around because they say June 25th, but maybe it comes out a day later or a day before, or maybe they delay it. But Currently, that is a current date that we'll get that report. So anyway, so a couple of things in this report. The report determines that a vast majority of more than 120 incidents over the past two decades did not originate from any American military or other advanced U.S. government technology. So what that's saying is that it's not it's not us. So this information comes from, quote, a classified intelligence report, unquote. So again, this is not the, just to say it again, this is not the official disclosure. This is just something that came from a classified intelligence report, which may or may not relate to the report coming out on June 25th. But in that unclassified version, which again will be released June 25th, it will, quote, present few other firm conclusions Senior officials briefed on the intelligence conceded that the very ambiguity of the findings meant that the government could not definitively rule out theories that the phenomenon observed by military pilots might be alien spacecraft, end quote. And I wanted to include that because it's almost like they're kind of like prepping us. So we know they're not us and we can't prove whether or not they may be alien spacecraft. So that the fact that they even put that out there as an idea is, I think, really significant. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I agree. It's kind of similar to uh, Obama's mention of the word alien earlier. You know, it's, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, like you said, trying to help us get used to this idea, or at least the uh, majority of the population that seems to kind of dismiss that as a possibility. You know, the report said, or at least the report that we're expecting is supposed to release everything that the government knows about UAPs. Oh, but it won't. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I, I was like, cause that was the word or the, the term they use is like everything that you guys know about that. That's what we want to see in this report. So I'm thinking like, so we're going to hear about the truth about Roswell, which that explanation we got was BS. They kind of reaffirmed the weather balloon theory. 
Or are we going to hear about Men in Black, which seemed to be a pretty, you know, pretty accepted idea within the UFO phenomenon? Are we going to hear about the Majestic 12 and all this stuff? Like you said, I doubt it. Um, yeah, unfortunately. It's probably going to be snippets and stuff. But man, wouldn't that be cool if it was literally everything? Oh, because. <laughs> man i'm like salivating just thinking about it yeah because yeah. i mean like there's there's like there's so much i mean especially if if you're listening and you've just kind of started getting into the ufo phenomenon man there is so much information out there information disinformation crazy fan fantastical stuff some stuff that seems fantastical but is actually based in reality like it goes in any and all directions and the idea that we get a report that kind of grounds all of it and gives us some real you know shed some real light on the subject is just oh it's like oh thank god <laughs> i know um you know like we pointed out earlier like lou elizondo said 180 days isn't enough for that yeah that's the other thing too i i, I think that that that's fair i think that's right. fair because like we're saying there is so much yeah you can't cover all of it i mean i mean even if you wanted to you know i mean i'm sure that there are are some aspects of it that are probably still tied in some sort of highly classified intelligence stuff. I'm sure. Know? I mean, especially if the Bob Lazar stuff is true. Because, I mean, if the Bob Lazar stuff is true, it's less about the government knows and more about, like, which part of the government knows and right. which part doesn't know, which part is trying to access which part for which part of information. Mm -hmm, it's just, mm -hmm. it's a very tangled web. And it's, you know, I don't blame anybody for, you know, getting turned off by that because it is, it is a very scary place to be in, not knowing so much. Right. You know, um, if Lazar's story is true, which if you don't know about him, he was supposedly helping the government to back engineer uh flying saucers uh if that's true and that is a part of this report and they happen to say yeah you know we have these craft and we're trying to figure out how to use them i can see why the u.s military or the government would say like yeah that's probably not a good idea because you know if china or any other country that is a actual real threat to us you know knows that we have this and we're trying to back engineer it then it's just going to be like the space race or the manhattan project where countries right. are just trying to get to it the fastest and whoever's got it first you're dominating then um that's a good point because it, it could be that maybe the reason that we don't have disclosure in a much bigger way is because of something like that where you know the fear is that if they know that we're we've got like alien technology they might you know start going ham investing into their own ufo programs right. to try and match us or whatever and right kind of take it hostily which goes back to my annoyance with this idea of threats because it's like okay if that came out and it was the truth that like hey we have these craft from you know other star systems or whatever I would like to think that all of our enemies first thought wouldn't be like, oh, crap, well, we got to get our own and, you know, catch up and be like, you got what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. And again, Hold on now. <laughs> go back to the whole, like, why are we even fighting then? If this is true, then there's so much, there's such a bigger picture to that than, okay, well, who gets to get the weapon first, you know? Right. But at least you'd like to think that. Yeah, you know, we're not the ones holding the power right now, so we're not thinking like they probably are. But Right, right. But uh, the, the report goes on a little bit further. It mentions that weather balloons are not a sufficient explanation. Basically, they said, quote, 
that the balloon explanation, quote, does not hold up in all cases uh, because of changes in wind and speed at times uh, at the times of some of the interactions. So I just wanted to mention this because that is like, you know, that that's really relieving to me that they're going to that maybe they'll stop trying to refer them as weather balloons because, man, it is just getting ridiculous. So over the weather them. balloon stuff, man. Yeah, man. It's just like. Swamp gas. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Thank Weather god. balloons, like, come on, like that's that's old hat. Right. Weather balloons don't do the things that, that right. these things do. Not even close. Yeah. Like, and if you've seen a weather balloon, they do look kind of funky. Like they, they yeah, they do. And when they're really high up in the air, it's like, oh yeah, that looks uh, it's not you don't see them all the time. So right. yeah, they do kind of look uh, a little wacky, but like like they said, you know, the weather balloons are going thirteen thousand miles an hour and right <laughs> making like crazy like right turns right. and stuff like that diving yeah. under the water and yeah. yeah so that's a old excuse that i'm glad like you said is put to rest there uh but something interesting that was included is the fact that the report will include what's called a classified annex uh, this is kind of hard to explain, so I'm just going to read the quote. The quote says, quote, the final report will also include a classified annex. Uh, the official said, while the annex will not contain any evidence concluding that the phenomenon are alien spacecraft, the officials acknowledge that the fact that it would remain off limits to the public was likely to continue to fuel speculation that the government has secret data about alien visitations. So this effectively means that this section of the document um, that's going to be released, it will not be available to the public. And assuming that they are being truthful, that the document doesn't mention ET visitation, then the question is, what could that document have in this annex? So, so yeah, so I want to kind of throw that, throw, throw that out there. Like, what could possibly be in that classified annex? And if I were venturing a guess, I might say that maybe uh, there is a distinction among the different types of craft that have been seen. Like, maybe different shapes or stuff like that and maybe that's and i don't know why that would be released to people in the government but not the people <laughs> the people right. um but that that would be like when i think of like an annex i think it just sounds like like an kind of like a reference book of some sort but i don't know that's my that's my guess what do you think tom yeah you know it seems to me like if i'm willing to put a bet on what the report's gonna say you know i think it is gonna be inconclusive I think it's going to be like pretty much saying the same thing that they've said. Oh, well, yeah, they're here. We don't know what they are. <laughs> right, right. So additionally, after this, they start to talk about the possibility of other countries and other countries' weapon systems. So the report apparently examines incidents involving foreign militaries over the past two decades Quote, intelligence officials believe at least some of the aerial phenomenon could have been experimental technology from a rival power, most likely Russia or China. Quote, U.S. officials knew that it was not American technology, uh, said that there was worry among intelligence and military officials that China or Russia could be experimenting with hypersonic technology. So this is interesting the idea that maybe Russia and China are experimenting with experimental aircraft, but for me, if it is indeed Russia and China, for me at least, this is not this does not discount the possibility of potential alien interaction because the phenomenon that we're seeing, as we discussed from the documentary The Phenomenon, 
the same phenomenon that we are seeing today with these tic-tac-type UFOs doing these crazy maneuverals, maneuvers, maneuverals. <laughs> I actually like that. I like that too, yeah. right? <laughs> I was going to say, that's a cool word. But yeah, with these craft doing these type of maneuvers, this has been going on since 1947 at the very least. And if you want to go back to the Foo Fighter thing in World War II. So it, even if it is... China and Russia, which I'm not saying that that can't be the case. It absolutely could be. But even if it were, it does not mean that that technology doesn't have its origins in something that is completely alien to us. That's what I think, at least. Yeah, you know, the story about the Nimitz incident, I think we talked about this the last time uh, I was here. You know, they, they mentioned how this craft was able to go to whatever point that commander favor was supposed to fly like it was it, like three, 300 feet away right right or 30 miles away something crazy right and it, it knew what sort of practice flight pattern they were taking right um so it had this amazing ability to gather intelligence from what the nimitz was doing and what commander favor was doing and it also outperformed their jets like astronomically like on an exponential level so even if russia or china has this technology america should try to figure it out for themselves but at this point we are no match for whatever this technology is like it's basically like whether it's china or russia or extraterrestrial it's so beyond us that it's like we should just be trying to figure out what it is and and make peace with whatever it is because right it's gonna run circles around us at this point and honestly like if russia or and or china does have that ability i mean it's not just the craft it's the technology that created the craft now that being said it does mention that Russia in the article it does mention that Russia has been investing in hypersonics and hypersonics are things that are defined as going beyond Mach 5 but with how much money the US puts into our military budget I mean we outspend everyone in the world not just like two times over like 10 15 I don't know what the number is but it's pretty astronomical we outspend everybody in our military budget. So if it is indeed true that China and Russia are, are experimenting with hypersonic craft, well, so are we. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that with their budget that they are that much further than we are if we know that these aren't our objects and that these are perplexing us and throwing us for a whirl. Another thought I just had, too, is, you know, we've been having reports of sightings uh, in earnest since the 40s. Right. So if this was technology from another country, you'd think by now <laughs> they would be, you know, this would be just an average part of their military. But it's not like that. It's still just these random sightings out in the ocean or, you know, remote locations. and Or above military uh, Above military installations. Their- yeah, you'd think if that technology was created by another country in 1947 it's 2021 now i mean we wouldn't be seeing jets flying from these countries anymore they'd all be in tic tacs by now right right. you know um tacking it up yeah so i agree that you know all possibilities should be left on the table and they should be investigated until they're ruled out but the more you talk about it the more you layer all these facts together it gets harder and harder to say like you know this is a human creation it's either there's this <laughs> super smart person out there or persons who are creating this and they've kept it a secret for this long 
or they're something entirely different. And I think it's easier, the most logical, or at least what makes most sense is to say, this is, this is something that we didn't create. Right. It's something completely new and different. It's an, yeah. it's an X factor. Yeah. It's an X file. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a perfect transition because this now concludes UFOs in the news for tonight's episode. Now let's get into our next song and then our main topic for tonight's episode, which features part one of our disclosure special. Why now and what might we learn? And our next song for tonight's episode is called Todo Se Hizo Negro by Nax, and that translates to Everything Went Black. Viendo como todo se deshace, dejo de ser quien solía ser, ya no sé quién
was Todo Sejizo Negro by Nax. And uh, we've actually featured Nax on the podcast a couple of times before. And uh, I saw this on their band camp recently. And I just, I just, I had to feature it. Uh, it's got those heavy, fuzzy guitars that you know I love. So, <laughs> uh, plus it's, uh, it's very heavy, especially compared to like some of their other materials. So, uh, really cool, really cool to see that. I'm curious to see if they do more stuff like that. But anyways, uh, like I said, we featured Nax on the podcast several times before. They're based out of Buenos Aires, Argentina. And actually, I've uh, I've kind of become like Instagram buddies with, uh, with their singer-guitar player, uh, Nick Castello. Uh, he's just like the nicest guy. He's always really supportive. Like he comments on a lot of uh, Sasha's over Washington stuff whenever we do like a live thing here and there. And just, oh man, I, Nick, if you're listening to this right now, man, I want to hug you. You are like just the nicest dude and it is so nice to talk to you. So thanks for being buds with me. He, him and I are actually talking about doing a collaboration at some point. So um, Nick, I'm stoked for that. So anyways, uh, you can find them on Instagram. It's at Nax Musica, uh, Musica. So N-A-X-M-U-S-I-C-A. Uh, you could also find their, band, their music on Bandcamp and you can support the band on Bandcamp. And I'd highly recommend you do so. Uh, that's naxmusic.bandcamp.com. You can find their music on Spotify uh, and most other places where music is available. All right. With that being said, guys, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to the Alien Gazing Podcast, and we are about to get started on our main topic for tonight's episode, which concerns the recent disclosure movement. We will be getting into our own speculative analysis and try to answer the questions, why now, and what might we expect to learn from this upcoming report to Congress? As such, we'd like to remind the listener to please take our opinions and thoughts on these ideas with the appropriate dosage of salt in order to better ground our subjective analysis. Now, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into it. So, why now? Tom, would you like to start us off with some of your thoughts? Sure. Um, you know, the more we did research for this topic, the more I could see Stephen Greer's theory and why he feels that way, which his theory is that the government or military is using this to potentially create some sort of false flag attack, if I know that correctly. Right, right. So, yeah, Stephen Greer's whole thing is that, like, he believes that the reason that the U.S. government wants to disclose their information about ETs is because they intend to fake an ET invasion in order to start another war in space. That, yeah. That's what he puts out there. Right. And at first, you know, when I first heard that theory, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, you know, but the more I read into it, you know, it's hard to discredit that theory just because, yeah, you know, they say they called it ATIP, right? Uh, Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program. Right. And uh, according to that Washington Post article that we mentioned earlier, that organization, that group does no longer exist. But now there's a new one called Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. So they got rid of the threat idea there. Right. But that article actually did ask the question, so why now? And there was a quote in the article that says, UFOs, as it turns out, are real, and whatever else they are, they are a prima facie challenge to the United States military, and they're doing things the U.S. military does not allow, and they're doing it with impunity. 
So it was kind of saying like, look, these things are invading our airspace and they're doing things that are against the rules or laws. Uh, and they're, you know, basically alluding to this as like a threat to our power of our own skies. So I kind of see why Greer kind of thinks this, and maybe this is a prep for people to start buying into this idea. On the other hand, there was another great quote that I like a little bit better because it's less scary. And this is from someone named Adam Gentleson, I believe is how you say their name. And they were a former aide to Senator, is it Harry Reid? Harry Reid, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they mentioned, you know, that now is a time where, you know, Americans can't even agree on basic facts. There's all this disinformation and, you know, the our news, our major news outlets have basically become propaganda and, and very polarized, at polarized. The and, you know, perhaps it's now because of that. And so the government or the military can say, hey, yeah, look, there's these, you know, extraterrestrial craft coming here. And even if they're telling the truth, you're going to have half the population say, well, yeah, you know, it's it's a lie or it's something else, you know. And I like that theory a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, no one's going to believe it anyway. So let's just tell them now. And that way we can say we did. Yeah, I kind of like that, too. Yeah. It's like, OK, might as well do it now if there's ever a time to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not have, to, not have to worry about the ramifications as much. Right. And then when the aliens do show up, they'll be like, see, told you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we try to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so in regards to Stephen Greer, I think that, that, of course, that that's possible. And regardless of whether it's about, you know, the U.S. government desiring to fake a E.T. invasion uh, in order to, you know, get us to start a war in space. I don't know if I can get on board 100 percent with that. But what I can get on board with is that perhaps the reason we're seeing uh, disclosure today in this current uh, time has to do with industry in some way, shape or form, has to do with someone making money off of it. So with that being said, I wanted to bring this back to kind of the origins of our recent disclosure movement, because a lot of it goes back to one figure, and that man is none other than... Tom DeLong. Don't wait, no time, mommy. <laughs> the voice inside my yed. <laughs> that's yeah, my yed. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the beginning of this disclosure movement, it really, at least for me, goes back to 2015 when Tom and Blink 182 were on the kind of like on the outs, and they were having some of this very public kind of breakdown where they were going back and forth in the press. And Tom just kept saying that he is involved in a matters of national security and that he needs time away from the band and he doesn't know when he's going to be able to rejoin the band. And the band obviously was not about this, et cetera and so forth. Tom left Blink-182 and now uh, he has been on his own for a while. And now so, we have to deal with Matt Skiba. Now we have to deal with Matt Skiba. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so fast forward to, you know, uh, later in 2016, that's when we find out that, you know, this is a year after Tom left Blink, and we find out through some of the leaks that we mentioned earlier that Tom has been talking to John Podesta, who was in the Clinton camp, as well as the Obama camp, you know, so a high up there person to be in contact with, and it was about UFOs. So then go back, you know, before the, the New York Times article released, Tom's company, To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, they start holding these public 
public funding events where basically what they're trying to do is they were trying to talk to people publicly about how there is technology that comes from potential ET crafts and that we have the ability to use the technology if we want to, but they need investors. So his company was in the beginning meeting with all these people like Lou Elizondo and some of the other ones that we've seen in our this current atmosphere of disclosure. And this was way back before we had the 2017 news article that came out about the Tic Tac UFO. Right. So so he was trying to get these people to invest in trying to develop this technology through his company to the stars. So that right there tells me something. The invitation to bring in this ET awareness comes with industry, an element of industry attached to it. So that's like kind of like where some of the stuff starts from. And then, of course, it expands once we get into the um, uh, we get the 2017 New York Times article. And then we also get like the actual TV show with uh, Lou Elizondo on it, covering all this stuff. And Tom is actually in a couple of episodes, kind of like in a very kind of background uh, aspect. And since since all this time, he is seemingly kind of moved a little bit further away from the spotlight. And the spotlight is more on the government officials. But it, nevertheless, this all did start with To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. And that goal was seemingly to get people to develop these technologies in industry. So to the question of, you know, why now? It has something to do with industry in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, that makes a lot more sense than just kind of the fear-mongering. <laughs> the thing is, is that, like, we could never really know what the real reason is, but... It's not completely illogical for Stephen Greer to go out and say that, you know, that maybe they're trying to do some sort of fake alien invasion type of thing in order to procure money for a war in space. Because we know that, that, that the U.S. government has lied to the people before and uh, has not only lied to the people before, but have actually there have actually been CIA documents. You know, what was that back in the Kennedy era? You know, mm -hmm. we, were gonna, we were planning on doing like a faked operation in order to incite a war with Cuba. You Dude, know? I'm so like, glad you brought it up because I wanted to. Yeah, uh, it's please do. Operation Northwoods. Thank you. Yeah, and, go for um, it. I was going to bring it up earlier in the episode, but I was like, nah, let me uh, keep my conspiracy theory uh, uh, can it's, of worms closed. But it's not a conspiracy it's not. theory. Yeah, yeah, it's not. You no. guys can look this up now. If you Google Operation Northwoods, this is a real thing. And the CIA, I believe, wanted to stage a false flag attack in Miami, which would have framed Cuba and justified an invasion of Cuba, which, of course, the United States did do with Bay of Pigs invasion. I believe that was 62. Uh, and it was a failed invasion. Um, but they wanted to use this attack as the basis for it. And as we point out, this is a real thing. And, uh, you know, that gets tied in. I, the reason why I said conspiracy theory is because people like to cite that as a reason as to why JFK was assassinated. Oh, right. Of course. If you don't course. believe the narrative of Lee Harvey Oswald. Which we all know that there's something funky going on there at the very least. So regardless of the conspiracy stuff around it, we know that there's something funky going on. If there. you've paid any attention to that story, it's it's hard to believe the report that we got from the warren commission it's a little stanky it's stank <laughs> but yeah you know and um that gives a lot of credence to this idea of you know other false flag attacks and so it's not a far out uh theory that that greer has i do think your take is a little bit 
I, I like to side with that a little bit more because we were discussing earlier. It's like always about money and power. Like with humans, it's all about money and power. So right, right. It's like it's like even like getting this as far as it's gotten. You mm-hmm. know, now it's like it's taken so much. You mm-hmm. know, and I, I kind of feel like. It, that incentive wouldn't be there if there wasn't money to be made in the process. Yeah. So if I'm understanding it correctly, you think that it's because other private companies or entities are really pushing for this disclosure, or at least this uh, study and, and use of this technology that the government's saying, well, we might as well disclose this before other people do. So... Yes and no, kind of. And I'm glad that you mentioned the private industry thing, because that's one thing I, I, I've been kind of kept alluding to earlier in this episode. And and that has to do, at least for me, with this recent interview. I mean, I've, I've had the, the, some of these thoughts as well myself, but what has reignited some of them is this interview. And you can find it on YouTube. It's from the YouTube channel called Theories of Everything with Kurt Jai Mungal. What a great last name. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, that's pronounced, or sorry, pronounced, it's spelled J-A-I-M-U-N-G-A-L. So this is a interview he did with Jeremy Corbell recently. And it's a great interview. It's from November 2020, so very recent. And it's great. But among the many other things mentioned, Corbell makes mention of the fact that some quote-unquote ET tech is tied up in corporations that are operating outside of government constraint and that this is one of the big problems facing this topic. So the idea for that, for me at least, is that, so let's say we do have this technology. Let's say like like the Bob Lazar stuff, like that we've been backwards engineering ET craft for years and somehow in the process of having done that, it has somehow become the property of parties that operate in private industry as opposed to our government, well, then that presents a serious problem because then those private companies essentially are yielding the most powerful technology our world has ever seen. And the ramifications of this are big, far-reaching, and disturbing. And how something like this could happen is when you think about the original Roswell crash and you think about whether or not the CIA was invented as a response to Roswell or many other things. I mean, there's a million different reasons why the Central Intelligence Agency was created, but regardless, it was. And one of the last things that, was it was it Eisenhower or Truman who said the um, the military industrial complex? That was Eisenhower. It was yeah. Eisenhower. Thank you. So yeah, on the way out, you know, Eisenhower says, the military industrial complex has got it's getting too powerful and we need to be mindful of this so at that point it represents the first kind of like branching off of the government because as we mentioned before there's the government that we're familiar with and then there's other branches of the government that involve the intelligence agency that really seems to operate with no oversight or a little very little if any so within that context and we know uh, like we've talked about before that you know we have private industry contracting situations going on too it's just the idea that what started as a government you know offshoot could have evolved into something that turned into private industry is not that far-fetched to me because the fact is wherever there's money to be made people are always going to find a way to go there you know yeah so and again he just did this in this interview i don't even know if this is an opinion that he likes to put out there as like puts his stamp on it um in the interview one thing i liked is that the interviewer kept you know asking corbell to just express his unfiltered opinions on it so this could be more of an opinion from him but it's one that nevertheless i think has some credibility here yeah you know i wonder how many times jeremy corbell 
has has said let me be clear in this (laughs) and then was not clear at all yeah yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, you know, we're not too far from Lockheed and Martin. And the more we talk about this, I'm wondering if they got anything over there. I mean, I know yeah. they're mostly in defense systems, but. It's funny, actually, um, physically, we, I don't know if Tom, I don't know if you meant it this way, but physically, my house where we're recording this right now is really close to a Lockheed Martin yeah. facility. <laughs> like we could probably ride bikes from here to get Oh, there. we absolutely could. <laughs> yeah. We could skate over there. <laughs> I yeah. don't know that we get in, but. <laughs> so I'm, I'm having trouble understanding this concept still. So yeah, it's this idea that like going back to the military industrial complex, which is kind of hard for me to understand too. But if I understand it the way I think I'm supposed to, it's that it's in good interest for the United States to be constantly at war because that is good for the economy by having private companies develop weapons. Weapons. So as long as they got someone to blow up, it's good for U.S. business. Well, at the very least, our businesses that sell weapons and stuff like that, which I believe there's a lot, there's a lot of money to be made in that industry. And again, wherever money can be made, right? People are going to try and do it. At least that's that's my cynical view. <laughs> so the same thing is being applied to like these companies possessing alien technology. That. Yeah, so that's the that's the idea that I think that I, I admit I'm taking a little bit of a leap here with. Uh, Jeremy Corbell saying that these corporations that operate outside of government control, that maybe this recent movement for disclosure has been a, a way for the government to try and get repossession gotcha. of these things, of these okay. crafts, of these of this technology, so that the private because private industry corporation is recognized as a legal entity and that is a legal entity it is its job and its sole purpose Mm. in existence to continually make money so you know private industry is just going to go where the money's at and if if it gets better offers in china or russia you know the u.s isn't is in some trouble yeah you know that makes uh that makes a lot of sense because you know the the atip program apparently was started in 2007 um according to that Waypo article, Washington Post, it said that the government, yeah, (laughs) you know, for the hip, cool lingo is out there. I'm going to refer to it forever now as like, yo, did you read that article on the Waypo? I've I've been saying that to people and they're always like, what are you, what are you saying? That's perfect. I love it. (laughs) But the Waypo article said the government's effort to better understand UAPs began in earnest in 2007 with Senator Harry Reid. Uh, He privately approached Senators Daniel Inouye, I think is how you say that, from Hawaii, instead Ted Stevens from Alaska to request $22 million in Pentagon funding for a secret operation that became known as ATIP. And the whole justification there was that, you know, we need to understand what these things are because they could potentially be a threat. But if you know your UFO history, you know, it goes back pretty much to Roswell, which I believe was 47? 47, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they they mentioned the article how ATIP's no longer around, but now there's this other organization that studies UAPs or UFOs. And it's if you knew they were a threat now, you knew they were a threat in the 40s, you know. Right. right, Um, right. So, again, I I don't buy this whole they're a threat thing. 
But I think it's funny that they're like, oh, it, it began in 2007. It's like, nah, dude. It, <laughs> it, it, it began a lot sooner than that. A lot earlier. That's a good point. Yeah, a lot of this seems to only refer back to ATIP. It doesn't even talk about Blue Book and all that other right. stuff. And actually... Uh, I forgot to mention this, but earlier in the episode, we mentioned in the 60 Minutes interview, the quote, the way they described it was, it was the U.S. government's grudging attempt at acknowledging UAP. I underlined grudging in my note because, right. you know, before there was Blue Book, there was Project Sign and Project Grudge, both which centered around inquiries into the UFO topic. And actually, them saying that it's a threat now, back when blue book closed they closed the book saying that the ufo was not a threat they said specifically that it was not they don't know what they are but they are not a threat right and uh you know the last episode we did together we talked about the phenomenon there was uh, i believe he was a navy pilot who said you know when he encountered these things he was given the command leave them alone you know and it's like if they're if they're not shooting you down or doing anything sketchy there's no reason to engage so, again, kind of is like, yeah, they're not a threat. You know, then they probably never have been. This idea that, you know, we got to investigate this because they're invading our airspace. It's like, well, yeah, where have you been, dude? They've been <laughs> <laughs> Get with the times, man. They've been invading airspace for forever. And I think we've already established that they're at least benevolent or not. Or not hostile. They're not hostile. Yeah. Not actively. Yeah, so I think, you know, we already kind of pointed this out, but I think, like you said, maybe by saying, hey, Americans, here's these crafts that are coming into our airspace, we don't know what they are, you should probably be a little worried, is a way to just get more people on board or at least open to this idea of this phenomenon that is completely new. Yeah, I agree, yeah, because ultimately it's it's kind of like one of those things where if you want to talk about ufos being potentially alien craft right if you have nothing to contextualize that information it can feel very lofty mm -hmm. to some people and it's like why do i care about that what relevance does it have to me in my life yes you know, like exactly I, i'm busy trying to pay the bills and I, I think you're right about that you know people are we're just selfish creatures in general so it's like if this doesn't have anything to do with me like i don't care right right so 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 framing it as like this is a threat that we need to address and stuff like that that kind of gives people the context to say okay we need to take this seriously because our our safety might be threatened or, or what have you right so i mean if it is benign the idea that, that they're putting this out there that they're threat you know like for example like if they are aware that they're that the ufos are not a threat but they're just using that narrative to try and push it out mm -hmm. i mean i guess it's okay so long as it doesn't turn out to be like a Stephen Greer type of, you know, yeah. false flag UFO event or something. Right. Because again, like, you know, these things are so advanced that, you know, I've just imagined Farmer Brown seeing it fly over his cows and he goes out there with his like rifle and tries to shoot at it. It's like, what are you going to do anyway, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, good luck. This might be the nihilist in me, but it's like, if they are threats, like, well, just, okay. I mean, do what you're going to do because what chance do we have anyway? You right, know? Like, right. <laughs> so, um, hold on to your butts. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of con contradicting myself here with this next thought because, you know, I, I said earlier, I, I don't think you know chaos would really ensue if there was just like blatant disclosure you know um, but I did say to my wife the other day 
I was like, you know, if this report comes out and is just blatant, like, hey, yeah, these are uh, extraterrestrial beings that are coming here or whatever, and we're not alone in the universe, it's going to be really hard for me to go to my job every day <laughs> and be like, all right, you know, got to punch in, punch out. I'm going to be like, what the, who cares about this? Like, yeah, we just yeah. had the most mind-blowing information ever. Like, money is useless. Let's, <laughs> let's get to space, man, and start hanging out with the Galactic uh, Federation. Like, who cares about it? <laughs> Know, economics and bills or any of that stuff so you know i, I guess there is uh, some reason for the government to be a little bit weary about exposing that if that is the truth i guess once the genie's out it doesn't go back in right no, man. <laughs> cats out of the bag aliens out of the ufo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and actually that that brings me to another thing uh, just on the topic of why now and that is the fictional book series called secret machines which is co-author between Tom DeLonge and I think AJ Hartley is his name he's a Shakespeare scholar but anyway so I wanted to bring this up because this again was in that period of I think it came out in 2017 so maybe slightly before or slightly around the same time that the New York Times article broke and it's a book series that Tom DeLonge has advertised as it's a fictional series about fictional characters but involving real events in ufo history stuff that is that i'm privy to i'm going to include in these books right so i've read there's supposed to be three uh, there's only been two that have been released so far i've read both of them that are released and you know some of the stuff that he gets into is really interesting and it, it goes in a lot of different places um specifically so in the book there are a cast of characters one of the main characters being this pilot for the u.s military who gets drafted into the military's ufo program and when i say the military ufo program i'm referring to a program where the guy goes to work at area 51 and his job is to learn how to pilot these man-made u.s made ufos and the problem that's presented in that book one of the problems or one of the conflicts in that book is dealing with the fact that other countries like russia also have this technology and so that we're kind of like in this this new kind of cold war mm. where both you know different countries are vying for not only this technology but also far-reaching implications so in the second book there's a couple of uh things regarding old artifacts that have been here for a long time implying that not only does the phenomenon exist but it's been here for such a long time and there are records of its existence that go back deep deep into our history so again this is part of a fictional book series but he is saying that this is an idea of what you can expect to come so you know i don't really know what to do with that but mm. it's it certainly is interesting and in terms of like the why now thing at the very least in that first book like i said there was like this conflict between other countries who also have this technology it makes me think okay well maybe that's why mm. you know because other to other countries have this technology too and that we need to have better awareness of it in this country so that we are prepared for whatever's next and i'll add this you know there have been a couple of interviews where tom DeLong has talked about like how some of the stuff that he's been privy to the information he's been privy to has kept him up at night and has really scared him so for at least for me personally one of the things that i love most about the et topic is just how inspiring it is to me like it to me the idea of another race visiting us even for study or whatever is still just 
fascinating and beautiful and that's just like i don't know it's a very positive thing you know? I agree. You know, so 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 all this stuff with the government and stuff like that, we're covering it on this episode because it's very popular in the news and we want to cover it. But you know that that's not to say that we should or that it's advisable. Or I certainly wouldn't recommend being scared of it. You know, the only thing to me that is scary is what maybe we are doing with the information, what is going on in the human realm. You know, humans are scary to me yeah exactly ETs are not you know (laughs) yeah i mean even if the ets were hostile and had some sort of malevolent agenda towards humans or earth i'd still like you said i think the idea that or the knowledge of us not being alone in the universe and not being the only intelligent life if we can even call us intelligent anymore (laughs) is still like such an amazing thing you know it really puts it into perspective how small we are and our place in the universe and you know what you can do with that knowledge i think would only lead to self-improvement you know and really understanding what you can do with the short time you have on life because in the grand scheme of things like this ain't it there's so much more you know right right so uh yeah it's a beautiful thought just in its in of itself regardless of what you know, sort of uh, ideas are behind it or whatever sort of possibilities could come from extraterrestrials visiting Earth. More scared of humans, like you said, and what they would do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I-, I remember like being a kid and just like looking outside and just I-, I would think to myself, I wonder how things operate on a different planet. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm a kid, you know, no, no kid. Most kids don't like going to school. I certainly didn't. But in my head, I'm like thinking like, I wonder if aliens go to school like this. Because this seems real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I said it like that in my head because I was watching Dexter's Lab at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of good cartoon references today. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're 90s kids. Cartoons are our bread and butter. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm always quoting like something like that. And uh, wife and friends are like, how do you remember that? I'm like, uh how do you not spend every day watching that stuff? Did you not grow up in the nineties? Yeah. Come on. Right. Get out of here. So, yeah, you know, I, I think I don't really know which side I lean on as to why now, but I'm really excited that's happening now because I'm a lot like you. I've kind of always believed in aliens. I mean, I was more skeptical when I was younger, but I still thought the idea wasn't, you know, totally out, out there. Right. And man, to have finally like some real conversation about it from credible people, it's uh, like I said, no matter what this report says, it's going to be it's going to be great because I've already said, you know, in Lou Elizondo's words, government's already told you, you know, these things are here, you know, what's coming next is going to be, you know, built on top of that. So it's already exciting what we've got. Very much so. Yeah, I'm getting like I'm getting chills just thinking about it. <laughs> and actually, that's a great place to go ahead and just speculate what we think we might learn. And yeah, obviously, again, I've already given a disclaimer. Obviously, add lots of salt to the to these thoughts and stuff. But you know, if, if I'm speaking just openly and honestly, I think that uh, what I said earlier, I think that what we are going to learn is probably going to tie the phenomenon to industry somehow. Whatever is going to be revealed, I don't think will be very much more than what we already have, you know, beyond a confirmation that they are real, the UFOs are real. But whatever they do reveal, I think might be something that would provide incentive to ramp up our weapons or defense systems or both, and that this report will likely provide a path and a narrative that suits that goal. 
that that would be like if i had to put it into words that's what i think that this will what whatever is going to be revealed i think is going to be something that puts us on that path towards further development of industry and even if it's not defense and weapons it will be like development of industry in like a way that i would like to see which may be like going away from carbon carbon fuels yes or something like that oh my gosh that'd be amazing right <laughs> um yeah i i want to have a different opinion just to keep it exciting but i think you pretty much hit it on the head there i do think that the report's probably gonna say probably what the new york times article already said that we discussed earlier that hey yeah these things are here we don't know who they are and we can't rule out extraterrestrials it's either gonna be that or it's gonna be you know these are from earth and other countries have them so let's try to figure out what what they are or something you know uh but either way it's gonna lead into a direction of hopefully scientific improvement hopefully we'll finally get off fossil fuels which are gonna be gone anyway at some point there's a finite resource yeah And like, as I mentioned earlier, like no matter what it is, even if it is human creation, it's still a huge leap in physics. It's still opening a whole new door to science, which when you talk or listen to these, uh, you know, these pilots or uh, even these like physicists who get interviewed a lot on different shows and stuff, that seems and like Bob Lazar, that seems to be their big annoyance with it. It's not that they want, you know, to see aliens or something. They want to know what the technology is because us not using it or not understanding it uh is really keeping us from improving our society and our planet really so um what i'd really like to see in the report is the truth about roswell oh god right i'm i'm (laughs) holding on to hope that that's what we'll get but i mean they've already lied about it twice so (laughs) right right it'd be hard for them to be like okay we lied sorry but yeah. it, at the same time, be easy because then they can say, hey, look, those guys aren't in charge anymore. So they lied. But here we're going to be the truth tellers now. You know? <laughs> so, you know, and actually that makes me think about this thing because I'm watching the X-Files again with with uh, with Haley. And, uh, you know, when you're watching it, especially if you've seen most of it before, you know that there are other government agencies like higher government agencies that kind of operate on their own type of accord. But yet, there is always someone who is giving Mulder information. There's always someone who is, like, leaking him stuff. And so, watching it this time, I've started to come up with, like, kind of like a theory. Because, again, it's been a long time since I've seen the show, so I forget all the extra details about how everything ends up connecting and whatever. And I still don't know what's going on with Mulder and Scully's son. Like, what? I'd have to look up information to figure that whole thing out again. But anyway, uh, the point I'm trying to get to is that in the show, the fact that Mulder has someone from the higher up element of government that is leaking him information, it seems to imply in the show that there is a battle, a war going on between factions of this extra intelligence industry, agency, whatever you want to call it. And I wonder how much that could be, whether or not it was intentionally alluded to, you know, in the show, or whether it was unconsciously maybe tapping into something. You know, I wonder if there has been a struggle within the intelligence community about releasing this information and that maybe enough time has gone by that enough people are ready to just start putting it out there. Yeah, you know, I think I hope that's the case because you hear about that a lot, this compartmentalization of information. Right. And 
you know, that was something that Lazar talked about, how he was frustrated because he wouldn't let them work with the other scientists who were working on the project. It was everything was a need to know basis. And you hear all these stories all the time about how FBI and CIA are in competition. I mean, even branches of the military are in competition right. with each other sometimes, you know, and uh, it's weird because we're like, aren't we all on the same team here? But, you think, right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, maybe we are getting this point. Where we're like, okay, enough is enough. This is actually like holding us back. And maybe we should just start working together on this and sharing what we know and, and getting that out there. So, yeah, hopefully I get to see some alien bodies on this report. <laughs> <laughs> you know, best case scenario, what we already know that this is a phenomenon that can't be explained. And it pushes us into the right direction. And hopefully that'll be the beginning of this, you know, evolution that we as humans need to reach in order for the aliens to feel like we're worthy of actual contact. You know? Yeah. Y'all, God, wouldn't that be great? Honestly, yeah. like I would just love the idea of like seeing a physical ET in person and just looking he or she in the eyes and just being like, you exist. That's so cool. What's up, dude? Yeah. You know, just like, just, I don't know, just, just extending like good vibes and just saying like, I'm so happy that you're here. Right. I want to learn from you. If you want to know anything about earth, dude, I will hook you up with yeah. all the earth info. Yeah. Let's hang out. I want to learn so much about you. <laughs> yeah. Right. It'd be like that movie. What was it? With Simon Pegg and uh oh my god yes uh paul paul oh such a, one of my favorite my paul. yeah right oh, alien buddy yeah dude <laughs> oh alien buddies although he was kind of an asshole i think in that movie it's been a long time since i mean I... it was seth rogan you know all oh, right as the alien so which i mean if an alien is is like seth rogan i mean i mean that's uh, yeah. that's not a bad thing nah nah <laughs> it'd be cool you know, uh, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> his little stoner laugh yeah, yeah yeah all right well i think i think that that kind of wraps up my thoughts on it how about you tom yeah i'm feeling good man hopefully next time we talk to each other we'll actually be talking about what's in the report exactly yes that will be the next episode well we will record after we get that disclosure on june 25th assuming that it does in fact happen that day if, if something changes we'll let you guys know we'll kind of like wing it if you will but uh but yeah that's the plan so this one was like why now and what do we think we're gonna learn and part two will be what did we learn and what are the implications hopefully it's something hopefully it's something right <laughs> <laughs> all right guys with that being said this has been the alien gazing podcast thank you so much for listening and if you would like to share any of your thoughts or your own ufo experiences go ahead and send an email to saucers over washington at gmail.com additionally if you are in a shoegaze band or a dream pop band new gaze grunge gaze any of that stuff. If you're in a type of band like that and you'd like to have your music featured on the podcast, please reach out and send an email to that same email address. That's again, softersoverwashington at gmail.com. My name is Nick. I play in the band Softers Over Washington. I've been joined by my buddy Tom. Thanks, guys. Been a pleasure. Uh, if you'd like to follow uh, the band or the Alien Gazing podcast, just follow my band, Softers Over Washington, on Instagram. You can follow Tom at the dot daily dot 180 had to think about it oh you're good the daily 180 if you love skateboarding content we like to go skating a lot so uh so you might see some content of us skateboarding on there and all that so Hell yeah skate or die brother <laughs> skate or die all right guys <laughs> you stay spacey and keep 
gazing.